You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's take you around the league with one of the best in the business, Mike Garofolo from NFL Network. You can see Mike tomorrow on Good Morning Football Weekend, 10 a.m. Eastern, and then Sunday, every Sunday as well, on NFL Game Day Morning, 7 a.m. Eastern time. Mike, we appreciate you taking the time. I saw you reporting on the Eagles this week on NFL Network as they get set to take on the Chiefs. What do you make of reports that defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz is undermining head coach Doug Peterson? Uh, I I don't know about uh, undermining him. I mean, I, I just know publicly that when it comes to Jim Schwartz and the media, he's been very careful uh, with how he's presented himself publicly to the media because he doesn't want to be seen as that guy. So I find it, uh, I guess, a, a touch ironic that, uh, at least publicly the way he's been, now you're getting reports of it uh, being privately the other way around. There, there is no doubt about it, and, and I'm sure, not sure, I mean, I'm sure because I know that there are folks in that building uh, that – don't agree with Schwartz's management style, uh, but as far as that being uh, something that undermines Doug Peterson, uh, I, I'm not I'm not willing to go there. And and I do believe I do know that uh, that the team, the defensive players, uh, certainly think a lot of Schwartz and his scheming. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to disrupt the play on the field. I I would watch to see how the dynamic plays out there uh, going forward. And and I believe that Peterson's got to have a big year. And and quarterback Carson Wentz can, has to continue to trend up. Upward, uh, because that is a results-oriented organization there with Jeffrey Lurie. But uh, uh, I, I don't think it's anything that's going to throw off this team, be some kind of uh, a revolt behind the scenes or anything like that, at least not right now. Yeah, that would be an unfortunate situation to have that type of energy running throughout a locker room because uh, mm-hmm. teams can feel it, and you know how that goes sometimes. It can trickle to the field. But let's stay within the division, and let's talk about Odell Beckham. Uh, he's... He's had an injury that we all thought was just as minor as just an ankle sprain, uh, but it ended yeah. up being something totally different. But here's what he said, Mike, and listen to what he has to say about the time in which he feel he may come back or even what he's actually dealing with. I don't really know how realistic it was. As bad as I wanted to play, it just wasn't there. It had been, you know, three weeks after the injury. It hasn't even been a month since it happened. And, um, you know, this is a six- to eight-week thing. Unfortunately, you know, as much as I was trying my hardest to get out there, it just wasn't, it just wasn't enough time. Yeah, and so when hearing that, to me, it, it, it makes me wonder, is it more about his ankle or is he really protecting himself so he can get that new contract? Give me your take on that, Mike. Well, that's look. Only Odell Beckham knows that that part for sure. Uh, so I'm not going to guess on that. I, I will say this: the six to eight week timeline that he talked about is for a full recovery from the injury, uh, and I expect him to be back on the field before he's fully recovered. And that's why I gave him a shot to play week one. I thought uh, if he really rehabs it well enough, even if he can get out there as a decoy or somebody who's got to be accounted for, uh, I thought he had a reasonable shot to be out there against Dallas. I, I didn't until last week correct that, steer that back uh, toward uh, what wound up happening because I started to hear from the people in that building that, you know, he doesn't have a great shot to play on Sunday. So uh, it's don't look at it and say, okay, well, he's four weeks in, so six to eight means that there's two to four weeks left. That's not going to be the case. That's for him to get fully recovered. Now, the, the other side of that is – Sort of what you said, but also people saying, well, well, why would he get back out there 
if he's not 100% and risk aggravating it. Uh, the, the truth is that you can play with this and you can, you can improve while you're playing with a high ankle sprain. So that's what the hope would be if he continues to practice well, go out there against the Lions and just get better week after week and get more comfortable until he's close, if not all the way to 100%. He's Cornell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber taking you around the league with Mike Garofolo from NFL Network. Mike, Texans offensive tackle Dwayne Brown missed his second game last night with the holdout. Any news on the contract front? They're, all indications are they have no intention of redoing this contract. And, and, and when you look back at some of the deals that they have done with a couple of years left on the deal, Dwayne Brown's looking at it and saying, well, hey, why can't I get that? Now, there's a difference between, let's say, J.J. Watt, who's early in his career, he's on his rookie deal, and he wants to do an extension, and the team knows he's going to be playing with this team if he's healthy for uh, over a decade. Whereas you've got Dwayne Brown on the back end of his career, and the team's saying, okay, well, we've negotiated contracts with him before. Uh, now's our time to cash in on the uh, part of the deal where it was front-loaded and now not so much in the back end. Now it's our turn to reap the benefits because we've got the leverage. This guy's at the tail end of his career. Uh, So they have no intention of doing that. And and there were not – I don't want to get – too crazy with this because there weren't trade talks, but there were teams that checked in and said, are you willing to trade him? And they were not looking to move him for some bargain basement uh, trade rate. They would look for high compensation and teams were like, you know what, we're not, this guy is not 24, he's, he's 34, uh, so, so we're going to pass on that. So the, the, the Texans have held firm both in their talks with Dwayne Brown and also with other teams, uh, and they believe that he's going to be playing for them and playing for them only at the current contract. We'll see if that changes going forward. Maybe they add some incentives or something, but right now intending to hold firm to that contract. Well, they better hurry up and add some incentives because this brother's losing a lot of money week to week <laughs> that he's not in the mix. But even yeah. even more, uh, we can even talk about the, the lack of protection for Tom Savage in week one and even the lack of protection last night for, yeah. for uh, Deshaun Watson. Luckily, Deshaun can actually make plays with his feet uh, because if not, it would pretty much be deja vu this past weekend, uh, yesterday, when watching them play against the Cincinnati Bengals. Right, and you don't want that. I mean, as much as the guy can make plays with his legs, you don't want him to have to do that and to feel like he's got to do that and all of a sudden maybe develop bad mental habits. I, I like the kid. I think uh, his his track record in college spoke for itself, and uh, I, I think that some teams should have taken a shot on him before the Texans uh, made the move to get him. Uh, but but you're you're absolutely right with regard to him having to create and worry about the pressure uh, that's being created on him. You'd prefer him to be comfortable back there, go through his progressions, progressions, and learn how to play quarterback in the NFL without having to act like his pants are on fire back there. Mike Garofolo, NFL Network, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Aaron Donald came back to the Rams last weekend without the new contract he was looking for. Any momentum in terms of Donald getting paid during this season? Not uh, during the season, potentially. Not right now. Uh, and, and I'm surprised, to be honest with you. When, when he didn't show up for training camp, and then we got toward the season, I said, you know what, he's going to hold out as long as possible. And I believe it's week 10 that you could hold out to without losing an accrued season toward free agency. So I thought for sure when we didn't see him uh, for the start of week one that we weren't going to see him until uh, November. And I was wrong about that. And uh, maybe him showing up eventually leads to a contract extension. We are not there right now. And he's looking for big money. And and I understand 
why he's looking for big money. And, and, and look, the Rams have offered him big money, but, but how big is big? I mean, he's, he's looking for something that will eclipse Adamican Sue and set all kinds of records for guarantees and all these kinds of things. He may have to wait now until after the season if he really wants to ratchet up the pressure because the longer this goes, the more leverage the player gets. Uh, so we'll see if it winds up being after the season. But I'd give him a shot to get something done during the season. Mike, I know we watched the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, this past weekend, and they look pretty darn good, almost like the Jacksonville of old. Are you buying that Tom Coughlin's personality, his approach to the game of football, is really resonating through this team based on what you saw from this defensive front uh, by Calais Campbell and how he applied tons of pressure getting three-and-a-half sacks in the first half to even this offense with, with Leonard Fournette and also Chris Ivory being able to produce how they did, how they did when it came down to running the football. I am, and I, but I don't want to just give it to Coughlin. I mean, I want to give it to Doug Marone. I think he deserves the credit for um, – he, he buys into the Coughlin philosophy, and uh, th- those two are on the same page. And if they weren't, you'd have a major problem there. Uh, but, but those two are in lockstep, and, and the philosophy that they want to establish and that running game that they want to establish – and you saw the play calling down deep in the red zone there, the way that they were uh, trying, to, trying to pound that thing in and not force – Blake Bortles to make decisions and to make stupid decisions because if you take that away from him, now you're confident in your in your scheme, uh, what you're running offensively. And uh, sorry, this is the street cleaner that decided he wants to drive right <laughs> past me here. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, Live radio ain't and, nothing like it, Mike. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's on the he's on the sidewalk. I don't know why he's not in the street cleaning the street, but. Uh, Anyway, I, I, I think it started in the spring. I, I reported from down there at NFL Network about how tough the OTAs were, how hard-nosed training camp was going to be, uh, how much the players were being worked. That's that old-school philosophy. As much as you can get it in this new-school NFL and this current collective bargaining agreement, I think you saw it in week one. And they've got a shot to be competitive in a division that's not overly competitive. Mike, great information as always. We appreciate the insights. Thank you for calling us from an urban jungle on the NFL on Tune. There you go. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> you got it. All right, guys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.